0: above all, it's kind of like video is that tool that I believe can transfer like the highest level of emotion and passion. And if done well, I think it can elicit a cascade of emotions on the return. So, you know, if you're selling fitness, you have to effectively encourage someone enough or just like interrupt their current habits and patterns enough for them to recognize they need to make a change. I mean, you can translate passion well, you can translate excitement well, and and, and that conviction is transferred over, I believe. So Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast.
1: All right. Hey, welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. You got with you today, the Knucklehead Stephen. And uh, I'm excited about having Evan on the show. Uh, Evan Renfro, Maximized Media. Um, and I want to, I really want to take some time to To talk about some background here. Um, What got you, for those of you who are listening for the first time, what got you into recording, if you don't mind me asking? Because, I mean, we can go and like do dad humor, sarcasm, everything else here in just a few minutes, but tell people just a little bit about what got you into video and media and what you're doing now.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a happy accident, I would say, Um, because I came from fitness. You wouldn't be able to tell now, But kind of knowing that like video was a necessary evil, I wanted to learn it and kind of market my, then at the time, fitness business through video. Um, And the more that I learned about it, the more I wanted to continue to learn about it. So it's kind of, I backed my way into it on accident, I guess. Um, But yeah, I I was bit by the bug early on. I love media. I've been in, uh, I guess, I've been entertained by um, visual storytelling, and then learning the technical aspects of it, it gave me even more of a desire to get into it and learn it more.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. So, okay, there's a bunch of different directions that we could go with that. But yeah. let's just uh, let's tell people a little bit about your backstory. So fitness, he's being modest now. He's got shoulders the size of an NFL linebacker. Like don't the lighting. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, all, I say all that to say that it's funny how fitness, quite frankly, was – the common denominator for people using video to market their business. Cause if you look at almost every single YouTube tick you can make the argument, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok, maybe Instagram, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah. I would say those are the two primary modes that uh, made video marketing a thing. And it seems like one of the first industries outside of click and everything else that used that strategy to grow their business or at least attract new customers. Yeah was fitness. Yeah. And, um, I don't know if it's a movement element, like, okay, so what was it about video that, that captured your attention? Was it the fact that you saw that if you threw something up there, that people paid attention to it and then therefore hired you?
0: I think so. And I think in hindsight, it's easy to kind of look at things and say strategically, it was this or this. Um, and, and, you know, that would be giving myself way too much credit, but I think, I think above all, it's kind of like video is that tool that I believe can, can transfer, the most level, like the highest level of emotion and passion. And if done well, I think it can, it it can elicit a cascade of emotions on the return. So, you know, if you're selling fitness, you have to effectively encourage someone enough or, or just like interrupt their current habits and patterns enough for them to recognize they need to make a change. And, you know, you have to be a phenomenal copywriter or have just perfect photos to even just grab someone's attention long enough for them to consume that content. But in video, I mean, you can translate passion well, you can translate excitement well and 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 that conviction is transferred over I believe so uh that's probably again giving myself too much credit now on on the back end of it, but I believe that was the thing that drew me to it most. It's like, okay, I can get the most bang for my buck, so to speak, with this form of content yeah,
1: it's interesting, so there's up like I said, about fifteen different directions that you could go with that so the first the first thing that comes to my mind outside of just the obvious what how did you then? take that skill set and start applying it to others was (laughs) what worked really, really well in that medium. Okay. Okay. So let me share your story. Um, my wife and I, we started a a fitness company after I got the Marine Corps and what we found wasn't very effective, which is what everybody almost always does is taking your, your video or your, excuse me, your, your single point, like your, um, you could say just your iPhone, whatever your mobile device was setting it up and then doing an exercise. Yeah. And then, you know, that was it. it what was my, what was more effective than filming yourself doing it was filming a client's testimonial yeah. as a voiceover from them working out and then transitioning to them actually being interviewed. Yeah. And like that format
0: Okay, that That's perfect. that yeah. was
1: like all right. There we got some. Yeah. We, we get we get more traction that way. Yeah, not necessarily the best way to convert, right? Because it's you're more storytelling and building brand awareness, sure. that type of thing. So there's a there's a, a, a completely different layer of strategy that gets uh, applied that you didn't. You wouldn't even thought. I mean, just it's a workout video. Yeah. Why would you need strategy? Yeah. But you you really do. Yeah. I think so tell, tell me it, about what you screwed up, I guess, along the way to, to discover some of those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, so to me, too, one of the things that is appealing from, like, the person who needs that expertise, too, is it's like, oh, well, that person is relatable to me, and I can see myself in that person's story. Um, and then, obviously, the social proof of the client testimonial comes within that as well. So it's like a demonstration of your expertise. I think that's probably why uh, that's an effective route instead of, like, the easy default, like, vanity of everybody looks great. Everybody's in shape. How do you distinguish yourself amongst the crowd, right? Um, In terms of, like, failing, like, to me, one of the biggest failures was my time in fitness because I was in fitness for, like, over 10 years. Um, And while, like, kind of in a vacuum, I would have success. Like, I would go to a gym and then, like, be one of the top-performing trainers at that gym, on track for management, whatever. But, like, over the long haul, over a 10-year period of time, when I look back on it and reflect on it, It was way too much uh, in frequency. And I didn't get to where I should have, in my opinion, where I should have been after a 10 year run. It wasn't a progression that was continuous. It was more of like just spikes and drops. So to me, I think a number of things weren't working well from my application, like to name a few. Like I didn't really have patience. I would try something, and if it didn't work immediately, I'd try something else because it's like, well, it's working for them. It should work for me now. Um, and then just being immature, <laughs> I think, you know, young and dumb, just chasing the trending, exciting things and not looking at, looking at it as a business and yeah. laying foundations and putting things that are valuable, not just from like what's fun to do and what looks cool and what's everyone else do, but be like, okay, what are the actual valuable nuggets that I can be applying to this that over time are going to provide long-term value. So, um, that's kind of one of the things I would say, just my whole, just my time as a trainer and nutrition coach in the fitness space, uh, I would view it as like a failure. And I guess kind of the interesting thing to me, like the way I view failure is I don't view it as failure unless it's like, unless you cease like effort. Yeah. So it's like, if I learned from it and now like in my ripe old age, um, being able to apply some of the things that I learned that have utility in this new venture, so to speak, in this new career. Um, a lot of the things that I feel like are intangibles, like empathy and relatability and human interaction, you have to be decent at them if you're working with people and they're trusting you with their health. And at the same time, like it's intimidating to sit in front of cameras and lights and you have to be able to empathize and relate to people to get the real, uh, I guess, just the authenticity. I know that word's overused, but to get that from them, you have to be able to... Uh, translate those things. So all that to say, I think that like in that failure, there were still some valuable like elements that I can still utilize today.
1: Yeah. Well, I like the way that you, you um it's almost like you put a period at the end of, well, or equals sign of what failure, you know, equates to or how you, how you think about it. And I think that's a traditional view of uh, failure. Not that maybe it's your traditional view. I think it's, it's just viewed that way. Uh, Which is why people a lot of avoid they avoid it a lot. There was a TED talk I remember watching that was fascinating to me about uh, the performance of. I don't remember what age it was. They were talking about how, you know, whenever you go to a a class, kind of everybody starts with like a default hundred, even though it should be a zero. It's like default hundred, and you take your your first, you you take your first um, test, and then you don't do well. And the TED talk was, you know how do view life from that perspective or how to view life from like perspective of super Mario brothers <laughs> and like how you started with zero and then you like gained this score over time and yeah. you died. Yeah, hey, but you had to start over. Yeah. Like, sometimes you started over like at the beginning of that world that okay. you had just finished. Yeah. And it's like, you, then you graduated to the next world Yeah, and then the next world and then so on and so forth and then died again. Yeah. Ah, and then you have to go back to the yeah. start, but you had to go back to the start of the world that you had already conquered. Yeah. And so it was, it, it's almost like you were failing forward. Yeah. And if you hear people talk about success in the context of, you know, wealth or accumulation of, of, uh, of clients or trust, yeah. it's not always viewed that way. It's like you have to be willing to look like a buffoon right. yeah. or a goofball. We've done podcasts before. We've, we've forgot to press the record button. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, you're 20 minutes into it and you're like, oh, crap. Have you ever done that oh, before? Oh, gosh.
0: Yeah, that's like heart drop biggest feeling. Like <laughs> just, just terror. I've done it. I've done it with a pretty... a pretty important uh it was early on a a pretty important production and i hit what i thought was in record and it started recording, so nothing was recorded. And um, thankfully, we had backup oh, cameras, and oh. we captured it, so we didn't have to redo it. But um, sometimes you can pull audio from those backups. It's
1: like, thank God! Oh yeah. God, yes, that, I meant to do that. So, of
0: course, now yeah, B cams like and Z cams were uh, yeah, those are our primary cameras now. Absolutely, but no, I I like that concept, and I've I've heard recently, like over the last couple of years, people refer to like a lot of things as a game. So in that context, sure. yeah. it's like you're acquiring skills that I think one of my favorite ways that I've heard it referenced is like you're just raising the floor. So if you were to fall or fail, like you won't fall or fail to that same level. Your floor is being raised, so you'll never go below that point. So if it's acquisition of skills and knowledge and experience, like if worst case scenario, right, you lost your job and X, Y, Z, right? Well, the utility I've gained that has value to other people is at least to this level of value. And then after more years of, of acquiring more skills, like, you know, okay, I can at least make $70,000 or I can at least make $120,000 with my skill set and the value that I would bring. And that's like an easy metric. Cause it's, it's a, it's a number to gauge. It's harder to do in more like ambiguous or abstract things. But I think still having that mentality of like, okay, if this thing, if this effort doesn't pan out to expectation, there's still a number of things that I'm putting in my tool belt that'll have value for the next thing.
1: Yeah. No, well, without question. I mean, you, case in point, the fitness story Yeah, and that accumulation of skills, process oriented approach, the, the recognition of like what you're doing and how to apply it in this business. Let's talk real quick about that, that pivot point. Cause you know, I I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Uh, doesn't mean that I don't you have a potty mouth. doesn't mean that I don't screw up because yeah. I do constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, So a, a little bit of a hypocrite, I guess, in that perspective, because I'm human. Sure. Um, and so what when it, when it boils down to is I, I believe that um, if you look at most churches or if you look at most – I don't want to be misconstrued. So if you're listening to this, what the point I'm trying to make here is there's a way that maybe resource-constrained organizations who have a very well-intended objective don't always do a great job of telling their story. And so what they have to do is they have to be very – crafty at attracting attention, uh, you know, on different mediums. Yeah. Right. And in addition to a certain extent, uh, even while the production is going for people that are in the audience that are there. Yeah. And, I, and I think that that skill set of, uh, being able to go flip from one camera to another and have those quick transitions, moving cameras, focusing from foreground, to, uh, to background relatively seamlessly, um, with text overlays and creative graphics is a is just a phenomenal skill set that is severely undervalued, although really, really, really tightly um, exercised at a place like a church. Yeah, like I'm just throwing that out as an yeah. example, right? Because that's some of your background, yeah, exactly. And, you know, yeah, and so um, in the in the type of person that gets attracted to a career like that isn't always somebody who's going to go and grow a huge organization or learn how sure. to lead or build big projects. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about how you know, you've developed this, this awareness around, I guess, those two different career paths or businesses. If, if, if that makes sense,
0: it does. Yeah. And for me, it was one of those things where like, I mean, I attribute it all to like, I say happy accident how I ended up in the fitness space, but to be like completely transparent, like I, I felt a little burned out like in spirit with just like something that I felt was very temporal. Um, and for me personally, I'm not projecting that onto the whole industry, but I just felt like for me, my passion wasn't there anymore. So I wanted to do something that was more meaningful and significant and kingdom driven. And like you alluded to, I did work for the church for, I guess it was like a year and a half, um, from volunteering, knowing nothing about a camera. Like I literally remember screwing a a cinema camera onto a light stand I'm pretty proud of myself. And then someone comes in behind and they're like, what is this? When do we start doing this? And I just was like, well, I guess maybe I should pursue something different. (laughs) You know, I'll have to say like went from knowing nothing about it to to really having been blessed with the opportunity to, to be presented with. Chances to learn. So I guess kind of within that, like I'm immensely grateful for my time there. I learned a ton because again, I had a lot of, a lot of opportunity to, to go and try new things. Yeah. And there was a lot of autonomy there and projects that, you know, I was able to work with really nice equipment and work with pretty high scale, um, projects and it afforded me the opportunity to, to, to hone in on a craft and an ability that I didn't have before. And always rooted towards something impactful and purposeful. So that mentality that I think I've, I've had, and I know I'm not unique in this. I know a lot of people have it, but if it's like, you're just a creative problem solver a lot of times, because things don't always work out, like equipment fails and things happen, but it's like, okay, this is important enough to figure out this thing that we're working on. It's worth overcoming whatever obstacles may be in our way. So I think, I guess to kind of more directly answer your question, how did I get from there to now running my business? It's like. For me, I've always had an interest in, I've just had this entrepreneurial spirit. And while I believe my time there was very valuable um, for me personally, spiritually, but also like the things that were done, like they will have kingdom impact. impact. But I feel like me as a, like just the skill sets I have, I was leaving a good percentage of them on the shelf. Like the entrepreneurial spirit of like, working alongside other business owners and being able to kind of problem solve like, okay, what are you trying to accomplish and how can we address that through media and marketing? Yep. So took that leap. Um, Yeah. It was like, it'll be a year in January um, that I will have been in business. So I remember like vividly writing all the numbers down on the whiteboard. My wife and I sitting there, I'm like, you know, babe, hope this works. Um, If this person that's a maybe says yes. And if these other three people that are maybe say yes, uh, we can survive off crackers and tuna for six months and maybe this will work. Right. And it's like, well, I paint the picture of it being pretty extreme. It was still that big leap of faith, but I knew in that kind of transition point that what I had developed in terms of like skills. And then when I had just like this hunger to go and take that and apply it into the marketplace, um, I just felt and still do. I feel like there was just such a, a good compounding value, um, and I, I still continue. I volunteer at the church. I love it, um, so I get the best of both worlds. I yeah. guess.
1: Yeah, that's that. It's fascinating to hear um, how you can still, right? You can still even um, go there, volunteer, and just take the time. Because honestly, uh, it's a severely underestimated use of time. Yeah. Being able to just give it away, and you know, if you find yourself being uh, like walls closing in, just just a perspective of somebody who's was built business before, worked in sales organizations, built sales organizations. Like you can feel like the walls are closing in mm-hmm. um, and the second that you start giving things away and doing it freely without the, you know, intent of getting something in return because, you know, selfishly, that's kind of how we operate sometimes. And it's the best way yeah. to go and actually inadvertently get things back. You're like, oh, how did that happen? Yeah. I, that wasn't supposed to happen that sure. way. Um, it's fulfilling. I mean, it really is. Um, yeah, I, there's a, there's a group of, of kindergartners that, um, I was doing some, some teaching for like on Sunday schools and stuff. And it's, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's fun. Cause like you never get to the lesson, but then you always like accomplish the lesson because the process is way different than yeah. what out the outcome yeah. is. So that's
0: great. Yeah. You know that works. That.
1: Nice. Um, all right. So let's, um, let's talk then. So I appreciate it. First of all, uh, we're both local. We both work in the, in the media space, right? Yeah. So we both uh, probably cross paths against some similar yeah. folks. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say that we do uh, we do complementary services. If yeah. you ask me. Yeah. So Knucklehead Media Group is a is a company that's based here in Rockwall. Um, Heath, you know, don't start turning your eyes up. Yes, we're still talking about you seven five zero three two. Um, so there are folks that are in this surrounding area in this community that could use. The lesson that you started to, I guess, maybe that when the light bulb started to go off, when you transitioned from fitness to media, yeah. right? Would you say that in this particular community, like in this particular area, you know, if somebody is going to be a, a plumber or some type of home service business or, you know, a, a, a blue collar business, how could that service differentiate themselves in a market that's very heavily saturated, kind of a rural based community that, you know, relies on? referrals for, for business. Yeah,
0: no, that's, I mean, great question. Um, it just so happens that the majority of our clients are in the service based business, uh, space and many of them are very like contract rooted or kind of in that like blue collar service industry. So I think I am very biased to this idea that people do business with people that we've all heard it know, like, and trust so that rapport, If that's just the baseline, and you take a step back from like, obviously that's built in with referrals, right? This person's been a you know loyal client of yours for 15 years. They're going to send everyone they know your way. So effectively it's doing that at scale by way of media. And to me, it's like sharing who you are as a business. What are your values? What are the things you care about? Who, who are the faces behind the business, right? If, if there's a service call for, uh, you know, if, it, if, if it's an HVAC company and the homeowner wants to feel like they can trust the person coming into their home. Like, usually the things you care most about live within the walls of your home. So you have a total stranger coming in to service something. But if you've been able to at least get a taste of who they are, like behind the curtain, behind the scenes, by way of their content, well then, like, all of that fear and anxiety of of the stranger, it's been relieved a little bit. It's been alleviated by way of media. So that's just like a relatability thing, not even getting into the marketing of it. The marketing to me is like, you have a lot of, industry knowledge and expertise that you can be giving away for free with no expectation, which again, builds rapport. So I don't think it's like a gimmick thing. How do we stand out by being like, you know, some kind of hack. Uh, I think it's more, you just stand out by being more of you and showing who that you is. Um, And then just looking at like value first, seek first to serve. If you are an expert in your space, which I would assume that's the case if you started up a business and if you're still in business. Um, Just, yeah, what are some things, like what are frequently asked questions and and, and make a video series about that? What are some things that people can be doing now to alleviate some of their problems and make a video series about that? It doesn't have to be super high production, really polished. It can just be like a true concern about the person watching. And I think to me, like that would be the best starting point for most all service-based businesses.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to disagree with that assessment for a couple of reasons. One, uh, let's be honest the the marketing budget, so to speak, for a you know for a service based business typically is uh, is next to nothing, if not always zero, right? And and anybody who's done anything in in business knows that you know if you're going to dedicate resources towards a marketing line item, the goal is to make whatever it is that you're spending for sales or sales objectives. It's to get a multiple back, yeah. right? And so that's essentially the measure of ROI. Yeah. And if it's anything times zero, yeah, is zero, like yeah. basic math class. Yeah. So if you don't have a budget, it's like, ah, okay, well, um, can't really say it's effective at this point because yeah. there's no way to know. Yeah. And that's where I think the biggest opportunity is. Yeah. Because quite frankly, from a marketing ops perspective, that's a, that's a that's a good career just yeah. in being able to piece together. The performance of a site, mm-hmm. the performance of social media, and all of what you're talking about, because you can measure a lot of the things exactly. that you're talking about, and in putting it together in a comprehensive strategy, and that strategy is a product that is very valuable yeah. to a small business, a medium-sized business, yeah. a larger business, an enterprise, an enterprise organization. Yeah, and things get lost in translation when you start uh, trying to apply them in areas where they where they're not as effective. But sure. you can say, well, how many net new customers? You know, took a look at you that you didn't have before. Yeah. What was your, what was your baseline for performance on the original time that you posted that video versus when you posted the same video at a similar time, the following month?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, th- those are things yeah. that I think are um, indicators yeah. of, of a system that typically just doesn't exist. And, and honestly, there's just not enough time to do it all. Cause you yeah. got to service customers, yep. you got to send invoices, yep. you got to do all the things.
0: Yeah,
1: And in my business, it's easier to manage a line item than it is a person, right 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 So it's yep. a lot easier to outsource some of that those exactly. things. So from a from a value standpoint, I tend to agree with a lot of what you're saying. Have you had success though with product- based organizations um, using your services differently than maybe service based businesses?
0: Yeah. No, that's a great question. We're kind of in a space now and I love everything you said. Like it gets my, my, you know, I nerd out,
1: Yeah, you know, drooling, oh, yeah.
0: drooling a bit. Cause it's like all those things are qualified. not at all. He's not
1: drooling. If you're yeah. listening, he's not, he's just metaphorically yeah.
0: speaking. Yeah. Um,
1: I can get you some water if we need to do that. So no. do we need a break and go grab some water? I'll
0: be fine. Okay. Cool. All right. Good to go. Uh, plenty of coffee. It takes the place of water. Um uh, <laughs> I think there's a few things I would say to that. One of them is like, Yes, I wholeheartedly agree and I think it's exciting too for this new digital age because a lot of things that weren't previously quantifiable now are, right? Cuz like, okay, how do you re- how do you measure the ROI of a of a billboard or of a yellow page ad or of a mailer and you could say like, okay, yeah, our, you know, client acquisition was this, but where did they come from? Well, now we can we can more or less we can kind of determine digitally the things arrive from this space even if you can't track people as well as you used to be able to you can tell like okay our numbers went up here and they went up here and then that person purchased so you can kind of connect the dots and i think second to that the exciting part of it is like it's not just for client acquisition it's for better you can improve your churn rate right you can have a better relationship with your existing clients because they know more about you they feel like they have a better relationship with you and in turn stay with you longer and it's it's cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new client. So I think that's a huge value that a lot of businesses miss to the product side of things. We're approaching that one a little bit more like gracefully. Um, and in that, I mean like it's even, even transactions, even one-off purchases, there's still an emotional decision that's made. So for us, like we want to build the story around the thing or the product. And in some ways it's like, still the culture, it's still the team, it's still the company, it's what they stand for, it's all those things that take place with a service-based business, but it just happens to also be centered around, we created this to solve this problem. right? And I love, I love productized, productized services, and then flipped from that, I also love product-based businesses that have a continuation in that they offer a service. So it, it really allows you to cover all bases, and it's a matter of like, how do we make sure we're communicating either the problem it solved the value it provides and, or like why, why us? Cause if you can buy this thing from 12 different places, what's going to be the deciding factor from cho- for choosing us from whom to buy it. So again, I say we're approaching it delicately cause we want to like have proof of concept with some of these plans of content and it's early on for us. We're kind of working our way into that category. Um, but really like it's incredibly exciting selfishly I'm a big bourbon fan. Okay. So we're creating a couple of like spec bourbon ads because it's a culture thing. You know, like it's great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's only because of the, uh, the business side. Sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can't in all (laughs) honesty say that you're interested in that. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh,
0: but no, I had to quality test the box. Of course you have to, you Um, gotta quality test those things. That's great. Um, but there's a problem to too, by the way, It's, it's no complaints around the table this weekend. Um, you know, taste testing, but it's like, I, I use that as an example because like there's a culture around bourbon. Right. And and it's funny. Uh, I used to like scotch. Um, and then I can't unhear this. Someone was like, yeah, scotch is like drinking treason. So it like bourbon then became first place for me because it's like, that's clever. And I cannot, unhear that's that. a social
1: media grab right there. <laughs> yeah. That's a, right. Drinking there, Scotch so. is like drinking yeah. treason yeah.
0: and I can't take credit for it, but I uh, quote by unknown cause I can't remember who said it, but uh, yeah, it's stuck with me. Um, but yeah, the, the culture around bourbon and it'd be the same thing around coffee or whatever product it is. Like it's, it's speaking to the culture and the community and the tribe around the thing as yeah. opposed to just like, Hey, this is 20% off. Get it today. Right. Yeah. ads of old.
1: I want to add a story here just because I think it's, it's relevant and it, this is not quite a podcast. This is not, you know, I built it perfectly the first time and my audience always hears that and they cringe whenever I say it, but it's the truth. Um, so we, we serviced, a a a product-based, it was a technology corporation that had a product, right? And so a lot of what you're talking about, you build a significant amount of relationship with the people that you work with. And then, um, and then you provide that service and their business, you know, the, the, the relationship deepens, there's trust that gets built and generated. And if, if communication is not tight on the front end where you have a, you know, clearly defined statement of work that uh, outlines what the deliverables are, even has some SLAs on when these things are going to take place you set yourself up for a little bit of a challenge when things start happening outside of that. So I, you know, we, we were doing a, um, it wasn't clearly defined as to what the distribution portion of this project was, uh, you know, was comprised of. And that's some, that's one of the services that we do It's an all encompassing thing. We help with distribution and help is defined typically in that SOW or negotiated in a ROM first. And then, you know, uh, and then an SOW is provided, but in that distribution side, we didn't know how effective some of the video assets and places where these where these assets lived was at attracting that new listeners, right? Or converting those who are, have already listened. So we we toggled with um, you know throttling mm-hmm. downloads and paying for different things. And if you're yeah. in this space, there's there is an opportunity to do that because there's you know uh, the VMs exist. You can put this cloud instance over here and have it spit up and and do things. It's not necessarily um, the the cleanest way to show ROI, but what it is is it gives you the ability to test tactics and well whether yeah. or not they yeah. uh, they work. Yeah. Well, unless you're clear about it on the front end and document it in an SOW, so this is a, a lesson for those of you who are just embarking on your on this digital journey. Um, you can also lose trust pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, because it comes back and it's like, why is this amount of downloads not? equal to the amount of traffic that you were getting in this particular channel over yeah. here. It's like, well, because it's not, yeah, there's not a one for one. Yeah. And so it's a great way to, to get your ass kicked to the curb oh, you know, for, sure. for lack of a better term. So anyway, have you ever run into experiences where you've, you've, uh, you've dealt with something different than what was originally agreed upon?
0: Oh Sure. Yeah, no, that happens all the time. Um, I'm learning and I, and I love, I love the, uh, the openness and, uh, I try to approach things with as much candid nature as possible, right? And, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek way of saying, like, I figure a lot of things out on the go.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, You know, I I mentioned in the fitness space 10 years, like, I was at best freelancing, right? But now, okay, this is an actual business. Like, other people are depending on me for an income, and other businesses are trusting me, uh, trusting us to provide a service that's valuable so they can get a return on their hard-earned investment. So it's like, stakes are higher. So with that, it's like, I try to approach most things. If I'm aware enough to on the front end with like an under promise over deliver mentality, because in the past it's kind of been an assumed understanding. And in the end we had different expectations. And fortunately I would say almost all of them, I had the opportunity to, to speak and we had opportunity to lay everything out on the table and either we parted ways or I wanted to go above and beyond to just make sure like you're not leaving with a bad taste in your mouth. like we expect different things, and I will take responsibility for that lack like, of communication on my part. But I'm thankful for those because they now have given me insight to things to be mindful of on the front end. So kind of with that into the same points that you mentioned, it's like, we can never promise results, right? Um, I mean, it's like someone who's a wealth management expert. They can't tell you an exact outcome. They can tell you maybe optimized placement for things or like the best strategy for things. Good analogy right there. Same thing in fitness, right? Like, yeah, yeah, we can do all the right things, but I cannot guarantee you eight pounds weight loss by the end of the month. We can assume it to be so because of all of these things, but we can't guarantee it. So
1: funny how that works. It's yeah. And it's like, well, even what you're saying is, I mean, that's, the whole premise, quite frankly, to be honest, of of knucklehead, right? Yep. And I, I say that tongue in cheek, not saying that knucklehead. I think knucklehead encompasses a very well-intended. Um, it, it assumes a premise that there's a very well-intended outcome that you that you uh, want to shoot for, uh, that you can't always be able to deliver against. And if you and if you do, there was a reason why. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Success leaves clues, right? Yeah, it it does. So, yeah.
1: All right. So with that being said, listen, we're right up against it in terms of time. Um, I want to be respectful of your time here, so. Uh, what's the best way for people? So we, we talked a little bit about geography, talked a little bit about services, talked a little bit about what your story has been. We didn't get an opportunity to talk about what your inspiration, like where your inspiration is. So let's, let's hover on that. Yeah. We'll land the plane there Yeah, uh, and then tell people how to get in touch with you. Cause I mean, that's a beautiful shirt that you're wearing. For oh, those of you. you who are not, uh, watching, he's got a maximize media t-shirt over his ginormous <laughs> NFL size packs there. So
0: they're average size. It's fine. Um, yeah, kind of our, our vision and our mission and our, our direction, all things encompassed into like one beautifully eloquent and concise answer. I'm kidding. Um, no, like I love the two entities that we exist within. I believe, and this is kind of like a, I don't know, maybe a tongue-in-cheek way of explaining it, but I often say like we are a marketing agency, a agency and a media agency at a fraction of the cost because you can hire out a marketing agency and they'll, Drive all your analytics and they'll be very obsessed over your SEO and performance, everything. But a lot of the creative is lackluster. It's like copied and pasted, just changing out logos from different businesses. The copy looks the same. It's just they obsess over the back end, the analytics, but they grossly neglect the actual front end, like attention capturing content. And on the flip side, are creative agencies, they're um, very much about the crap and everything is a beautiful work of art, but it lacks utility. It may be a beautiful video, but if it doesn't have a purpose, it doesn't serve your business well. So I like to take both worlds and bring them together. So with that, um, yeah, I unapologetically am wanting us to create uh, a massively successful marketing and media agency. Um, Want to make an obscene amount of money so that I can make an impact for the kingdom. Um, there is... There's a great deal of successful agencies. Um, there are a great deal of successful agencies and I think a lot of them maybe have rested on their laurels. Uh, I believe kind of having an ear to the ground, knowing what business owners need, being one of them myself, it gives an empathy and a relatability that I I care for the people I have privilege to work with. And in the end, if they're making money and their business is more successful, well, that's more money that goes to local charities and gets tithed to the church. Um, so it's compounded. And then on the end of that, like the more successful maximized media can become, well, the more resources we have to give back as well.
1: So rising tide raises all ships. Is what exactly. I heard there. Yeah. yeah so there's that. Um, it's interesting. There's, there's businesses that probably feel very similar that probably hadn't heard that before, or that may be hearing that now for the first time. So let's tell them a little bit about how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. Um, and what's the best place that you feel like you're most responsive that you want to plug?
0: Yeah, uh, probably Facebook and YouTube is where the majority of our content goes, and Facebook or business page we're probably most responsive there. Uh, but it's maximized media productions um, on both Facebook and YouTube.
1: Very good. All right, there you go. So um, I appreciate you blocking time to chat. Absolutely. Right, you know, we had, it's been a long time coming. We were just talking before we started recording about how long it's been since yeah. since we've actually had an original conversation. Um, there's some mutual uh, clients that we both serve that have used both of our services and in, in capacity and in various capacities. And so I was like, oh, we've got to have Evan on at some point. And then I realized we hadn't. So it's like, okay, all right, we got to, we got to reconcile this here pretty quick. So I appreciate you blocking some time. Man. Absolutely. Anything else that's you right. want to leave these folks with in terms of lessons learned, screw ups, you know, fun things that you've learned along the way.
0: I'm just, I'm in a season right now where I'm trying to document everything. You may notice all the cameras around, but yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, I don't think that that's a bad nugget for any industry document at all. Uh, if, if for nothing else, you can revisit it a year later and learn from it. Um, but likely it lets other people into that journey with you and there's rapport and relatability.
1: Yeah. I mean, ESPN plus fans, uh, there's a reason why you can look back at all that B roll footage and follow all the, the Peyton's places started with one yeah, and now everybody's got a freaking place yeah. you can go yeah. check it out. So, um, favorite bourbon put you on the spot.
0: Oh man. I've been on this 1792 kick for a while. Okay. Uh, it's it's a go-to for me i tried i've tried a number of them honestly over the last few months and i'm trying to figure out and i keep coming back to 1792
1: okay just small batch
0: like if i haven't you know foolproof there's a lot of them they're fantastic uh i also like it because it's it's quite economical as well
1: (laughs) yep i understand yeah yeah. i understand well chad um we we won't let you know what his answer was but eight oaks distillery we've had him on the podcast before pilot (laughs) dude great guy out of pennsylvania if you ever want to try some i'm sure we'll, we'll have to let him know about it so
0: yeah I think right. we can do an ad for him in exchange for some there you some go juice there oh yeah
1: hey that's a, a reason to go uh the reason to go to pennsylvania if yeah. you ever
0: had one i am a huge Steelers fan for are you really worth. oh
1: my goodness there could be a meeting There could be some alignment oh, here. yeah all right did
0: i mention tom brady sucks yeah that's all i got
1: <laughs> well there's a lot of people who wouldn't disagree um all right so with that i, I appreciate you we're, we're pretty much wrapped up here i um, um, thank you very much for your time. Uh, for those of you like listening, to Knucklehead, we aim and strive to get podcasts to you every Tuesday. Um, we don't always accomplish that mission, however, we work hard to make sure that it does happen. So we appreciate you taking some time. For those of you like listening, like subscribe. Go to Maximized Media on Facebook and YouTube. I haven't told you I can get in touch with him. So with that we're a wrap. Appreciate you all. Out here,
0: sweet.